This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora. Welcome to our Super Bowl preview edition of the In the Huddle podcast. I'm Jason LaCanfora. We will chat X's and O's with our guy, Baldy, a little bit later in the pod. But we're starting off helping everybody get their picks in, in time, and and how to play this game. And there's obviously a million gambling options. We have our buddy Nick Costos from the You Better You Bet podcast joining us. And Nick, thank you. I know it is very early in Vegas. We appreciate you uh, making some time for us. Um, Let's just start with the spread. It's kind of weird, right? This thing opened around two, two and a half, very quickly got down to one, one and a half, stayed there for a while. And personally, I thought it might become even more of a pick them. Instead, we've gone back up to the Chiefs getting two, two and a half, depending where you shop. Anything about that surprise you? Um, no, I don't I don't think anything's really surprising about it. I think it kind of, Jason, is in line with kind of how, how I see the game playing out. And I think it's a game that's kind of br- like breaking the brains of a lot of betters, including me. Um, now, I, it's the game out of all the potential cross matches on Championship Sunday. I think this is going to be the game that I'm most excited for. Like the matchup that I'm most excited for is this one. Um, as far as betting goes, I would have bet the Ravens with confidence against the Lions. I would have bet the Chiefs with confidence against the Lions. And I would have bet the Niners with confidence against the Ravens and what that number was going to be. Uh, maybe Baltimore is a small favorite in the game. This one is, like, I have a bet on the game, and I'll tell you what it is in a second, but it's not with a high degree of confidence. Um, and the kind of like the content shtick that I've been doing all week, Jason, I don't know if you were a fan of the TV show Lost, but they had, like, this great trope in the first couple seasons before it went way off the rails. And it was like uh, two of the main characters. Uh, one was man of science and one was man of faith. And okay. I think if you are a man of science, which I think a lot of professional bettors are, yeah. right? Which is just what is like the power rating of the game? What is what is my point spread of the game? And take it into right. the market. Um, I think it's going to lead you towards a bet on the Niners. Like San Francisco is better. San Francisco is a better team than Kansas City. Like they 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 just are. Um, they should be able to run the football on the Chiefs. And I don't think Kyle Shanahan, for whatever his faults may be, and I think he's a great coach, he's not going to do what Baltimore did and get discouraged early from running the football. Like they could go eight for zero, the first eight carries of the game, and they will run like another eight consecutive times. I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but just to hammer home the point. Right? right? Like, like, and they're going to, they're going to have success. Like, I don't know what the Chiefs can do to like, to stop, San Francisco run game. I think they're going to have a lot of success. So 
all the reports you see, Jason, from like big bets on the game, like 500 grand or more, whatever, from people with a lot of uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're all on San Francisco money line. Like, I, I don't know that I've, I'm sure there are big bets on Kansas City. I haven't seen a lot of them reported. So I think that that's kind of why we see the points spread up in this range and San Francisco has been bet up. But the man of faith part comes into play here, right? And I think a lot of people feel this way. It's not like every sharp better in the world like San Francisco. A lot of people like the Chiefs in the game, including me. Um, yeah. because it's like the faith is that at the end of the game, I have like the greatest football player ever. Right. Like I have Mahomes. Um, and if we want to boil it down to lowest common denominator, and it sounds like shallow analysis, except you would have like printed money doing this with the Patriots for two decades. Sure. You have the you have the better coach, you have the better quarterback, and you have the better defense. Yeah. So when I go to sleep on Super Bowl Sunday night, coming up in a couple days, if I win money betting on Kansas City, I'll sleep soundly. And if I lose money betting on Kansas City, I'll also sleep soundly. Yeah. I will not sleep soundly if I bet against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes wins right. the game at the end. So not a high degree of confidence, Jason. I'll take the Chiefs coming up on Sunday. I hope that like answered your question. No, it, it did. But I mean, I, I think there's also a science to it. 14 and three all time in playoff games. 12 and five against the spread in his career in playoff games. You know, Number one passer rating in NFL history in playoff games. Um, you know, a tight end who has 18 touchdown catches in seven it's silly. playoff games with Mahomes, right? And you mentioned a lot of things they do better. They also have the better special teams, and they have the better kicker, and they're used to winning in this stadium. They know this Agreed. stadium inside out. They played yep. there a ton. The only place the last four years that Butker has attempted more kicks than Allegiant Stadium is Arrowhead. Yeah, right. Like the creature right. comforts, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I, I, I think you're putting a lot of faith in Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan, right? That they're going to overcome all of that against Steve Spagnuolo with two weeks to prepare for you and this what has been next to Baltimore, the second best defense in football. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm with you, bud. So like I'm we are on the same side. I I would not be surprised. I don't I don't think it would ever be like that like the uh like the Bucks is that copper? It's copper. Yeah, they love copper. So how's it's my Gary Sanchez Yankee year. jersey doing? Um it's long gone. I uh, I, I repurposed several times. I, I don't think it would ever be, Jason, like Chiefs Bucks was. Like in the Brady, but I, I don't think right. the game would ever turn out like that. Right. Like Kansas City like literally like rebuilt its offensive line because of that game. Right. I but if, if we get if we get to the end of the game on Sunday, I'm being serious. Like I like Kansas City. This isn't a cop out. I'm trying to give I'm always honest. Um, I don't think anyone should be surprised if the Niners win this game by 10 points. Just saying. So, like, I like the Chiefs. My bet is on the Chiefs. I put my money where my mouth is. I think it's a an extraordinarily tough Super Bowl to predict. And I'll take this a step further. Now, it's not totally true because like, I love to bet, so I'd find a way to, like, put money on the game, even if it's just, like, a couple bucks. If this were, like, a 1 o'clock game on a Sunday and there were, like, 11 games around it, I, I, I'd i probably like, like, eight or nine of the other games more than this right. one. So I, right. I hope people can understand where I'm coming from, not trying to give a cop-out answer there. The 47 and a half has not budged. Um I, the only almost thing I've, like almost like the market's extremely sharp, right? <laughs> yeah, like 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 that number came out, and woo! I do like Kansas City over twenty three and a half points. That's the only thing that I have bet in in terms of totals in this game, um, game totals. 
Are you doing anything there? I can tell you that um, uh, some people that I really respect are going to play like the second half under in the game. Right. And that's been a locked in thing for the Chiefs. And like, I, I kind of conceptually um, like disagree with some people's assessment of how the game is going to play out. I I like the over in the game a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. My anticipation, I think this will close 48. I think it will go up a little bit before kickoff, which is, and just so people know, that is not an indicator that like the game is going to go over just because that happens, just like what I think is going to happen in the market. Um, I I think the game's going to get loose at the end. And I think we'll see some scoring at the end of the game. So I like the over a little bit. Um, I like the first quarter over in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like both of these offenses, a couple of weeks to prepare. These coaches are amazing at this. Like the scripted portion of the offense. I, I mean, I... Almost like, how could it not go well, right? I, and I know, like, the Niners didn't have a lot of success early against Detroit. I'm willing to kind of throw it like, two weeks to prepare here. I, I think they'll have a better performance. And Kansas City's been a, a, a wagon. Um, I would score touchdowns on seven straight, like, opening possessions of playoff games. So that's, uh, like, first quarter over over for the game would be would be my thoughts on the total. Gotcha. Um, everybody loves props, especially for the Super Bowl. Um, we're gonna stay out of the national anthem and you know how long. God well, until 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 until, until we until we get the rehearsal times, and I'll and I'll text you what they are, and we oh, can there you them, go. right, and, right, and, and, and then they'll get and then they'll data. get pulled down, and yeah. then they'll get pulled yeah. down immediately. Right, yeah, right, right. Well, while there's no data, and that's just throwing money up, you know, uh, you know, licking your dollars and seeing what sticks. Uh, in terms of of props that you have handicapped are there two or three that stand out for you yeah so uh we'll go with um something you mentioned earlier and i agree with the train of thought um i like harrison butker over one and a half field goals in the game um so like like jason kind of already gave you a couple reasons why that's a great bet i would also add that you know kansas city at times this year like the red zone has been the offense in the red zone has been pretty inefficient um so again, like that doesn't mean that this is going to be like Kansas City is going to kick five field goals in the game and not score a touchdown. But it's 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 even money, like over one and a half minus. I get both both sides are minus one ten. I like the Butker over one and a half field goals. Um, I I guess I, I yeah I, I could be way wrong on all this stuff. Um, my conceptualization, Jason, of how the game's going to play out offensively for San Francisco in terms of the skill position players, and you know. Baldy will join you in a couple minutes here. I, I won't be here for it, but I, I talked to him yesterday on Radio Row, and I asked him this question. And I'm not trying to like spoil what he's going to say. I'll say like he 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 thinks Brandon Ayuk can have a really good game for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm of the opinion, just like me versus Baldy. I'm like what well, X's and O's. I wonder who's going to win that. Um, I like Kittle more than I like Ayuk. And if I had to choose one of those three to exceed expectations, meaning Kittle, um, Ayuk, and Debo in the passing game, I would take Kittle. Spags is going to cook up some pressure. Kittle can be the security blanket over the middle. But where I think Debo will make his hay in this game potentially is on the ground. Um, like there's yep. no game. There's no game next week. And always the thing with Debo has been, like it, he's Jason. He's such a good player. It's not a criticism of him. Yeah, he get he's a little injury prone. I think that's like fair to say at this point. Like he misses time like every season. It feels like you. There's nothing to save him for now. Like, this is it. It's a Super Bowl, right? Um, and you can have this Kansas City defense on the ground. I wouldn't be shocked if Debo had, like, 10 carries in this game. Uh, his rushing yards prop is 16 and a half. Uh, I like Debo over 16 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. I played it at 13 and a half. I love That's it. A, if you, if you, I like if it. You break it I, I play, yeah. If you break it down home road, they lean into this more on the road. Kittle blocks more on the road. Debo gets more touches in the run game on the road. 
And if you see Kyle going to 11 personnel early in this game, Debo averages 7.1 yards per carry out of 11 personnel. I think Debo is going to be the guy who they get the ball to out of some of these sprint formations. I hope so. Um, That'd be great. No, I'm, 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 I'm with you there. I think it'll be all hands on deck in the run game. Um, yeah, and Debo, if you, if you look in the playoffs, he, he gets his hands on the ball plenty. Um, anything else that uh, wets your whistle here before we let you go? Yeah, um, and I'll give credit. Uh, this opinion is largely formulated by my You Better You Bet co-host, Ken Barkley. I think it makes a lot of sense. And, like, we, we took a couple long shots. We may have even talked about this with you, Jason, um, on Countdown to Kickoff prior to the Chiefs-Bills game in the divisional rounds. Um, taking a couple long shots on Chiefs Super Bowl MVP, if the Chiefs were going to win that game against Buffalo, mm-hmm. the prices were going to age really well. It looked like it wasn't like, hey, like we have the crystal ball. We know they're going to win in Buffalo and Baltimore. It's not what it was. It was taking some stabs at guys at huge numbers, hoping that they would age well, and they have. So like Pacheco, Kelsey, et cetera. So in the history of this award, and this could be bucked for sure, um, I think about the Patriots – two runs of three Super Bowls, right? So Brady won his first three and then went, and I think this is like something that's like people don't really think about too often. They went a decade in between after the first three winning the next one, right? So the first two, Brady wins Super Bowl MVP and the one, the first, the first Rams Super Bowl and then the Panthers against the Eagles, Deion Branch wins Super Bowl MVP. The second set of three, Brady wins the first one against Seattle. He wins it against the Atlanta Falcons in the second Rams Super Bowl. Edelman wins, you know, the Niners four Super Bowl wins in the eighties, Montana wins three MVPs, the first, the second, and the fourth Jerry Rice wins the third against the Cincinnati Bengals. Terry Bradshaw didn't win either of the first two in the seventies for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he won the the, the final two against uh, the second Cowboys Super Bowl and against the LA Rams in 79. So there is some historical precedent for the quarterback, not winning three straight. So Mahomes could throw for 400 yards in the game, in which case he's going to win. It, it, It generally goes, that it's like the story of the season for a team. So all the defensive players recently that have won Super Bowl MVP, whether it's you know, Dexter Jackson for the Bucks, Ray Lewis for the Ravens, Malcolm Smith for the Seahawks, Von Miller for the Denver Broncos, those units, the defense, have been the story of the season for that team. And I think you can make a case that, that the story of the season for Kansas City has been the defense Absolutely. and like Mahomes is the game manager, right? So I'll ask you a question, Jason. I would encourage listeners like to ask yourself this question as well. If there were an MVP award given out after the AFC championship game, so the MVP of the AFC title game with the Chiefs and the Ravens, who do you think would have won it? And maybe I'm putting you on the spot a little without the box score. It's a hundred percent Kelsey. Yeah. 11 catches, a touchdown on 11, 11 targets for, for 11. over hundred yards. Six different defenders. Nobody like, can stop him. 100% Travis Kelsey. So I'm just saying, like, Mahomes hasn't had the typical statistical performance this year where if Kelsey goes, like, eight for 95 and two touchdowns, why yeah. can't he win? If Pacheco goes, you know, 21 for 110 and two touchdowns, why can't he win? Right. Just say, like, I, no, I, don't, th- I don't think it's, like, what, like, last year I felt like it was one-to-one Chiefs beat the Eagles, Mahomes win Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Like, I don't feel that way. Now, he can win, just like I think that this would be a year to take a shot if you like Kansas City at guys other than Patrick Mahomes. Love it, and I'm right there with you. Um, no, I, I almost got to the window on a Kelsey last week and then talked myself out of it. Nah. I'll probably I think regret that. Yeah. Well, no, listen. You, it, you still got time. 
I, I do, but I'm sure those, I'm sure I can't get what I could have got. Uh, listen, man, we appreciate you joining us all season and helping us break these games down. Good luck this weekend. Have fun in Vegas and everybody check out Nick on you better. You bet. Awesome. Wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. And Baldy, when he came on with us yesterday, Jason from Radio Row, the show that you did with us, uh, divisional round Sunday after the Saturday games, uh, Niners coach Kyle Shanahan was listening and bristled at my criticism of his conservative decision making during that game, and like, and sent Baldy apparently like an angry text about it, which is, which was, which really made my uh, day and made and made there my you week. Go. Uh, buddy, I will talk to you on Super Bowl Sunday for countdown <laughs> kickoff. You got Have it. Have a good one. Later. As promised, we now have our buddy Brian Baldinger joining us from Vegas as we sit a few days ahead of this Super Bowl. Uh, Baldy, you're looking good. I'm sure you're feeling <laughs> off the charts. Yeah, um, yeah, let, fantastic, Jason. You, you know, I, hey, you got you, you got my vote. Um, so look, you've we're going to break this. You, you, you've been through yeah. all these before. You've been through the Super Bowls, you know. I have. Okay. I, I now stay home with my dogs, Baldy, uh, and I, <laughs> good, I drink. Good choice. Uh, I drink Liquid Death iced tea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have an endorsement, but I'd like one. Uh, so let's break it down from both teams' perspectives here, Baldy, and we'll start from the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll kind of go through a little bit what, what what some of the keys are for them offensively and defensively if they are going to um, prosper in this in this football game. Um, and let's say let's let's start with the defense and Spags with uh, two weeks to prepare and plenty of meatballs in his belly while he's doing it. Uh, we know that San Francisco is a unique offense. They they have um, maybe some unparalleled talent and they have shapeshifters, right? They have guys who play two or three different positions. And just because they're lined up somewhere doesn't mean that's necessarily the role that they're playing in that offense mm-hmm. on that particular play. Um, what, what intrigues you about this matchup? What are, what's keeping Spags up at night? Well, I talked to Spags this week and, uh, I got some good insight. I talked to Antonio Pierce, uh, this week, who of course was, you know, the captain and the middle yeah. linebacker for the Giants back when they took down the Patriots on the road to perfection. So I got a little insight, but I do think from the big picture here, Jason, what you just laid out is the story of the game. Kyle Shanahan his offense, uh, how he moves his chess pieces around, how a young quarterback on a big stage um, performs and executes that offense against Spags, who, I mean, you saw the funeral that he gave the Baltimore Ravens right there at the bank uh, 11 days ago. Um, sometimes, like, and so I, I think uh, that Kyle is going to learn a lot about what Spags is doing within the first 15 plays. I mean, you know, the scripted chart that a lot of teams have that kind of they review and go over and try to stay as close as they can early in the game just to get a feel for where Spag's line is. Is he more man? Is he zoned? How disguised is it? Is it perceived pressure? Like all these, I'm using these phrases, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of what Spags does. Is he going to go big linebacker? Is Willie Gay, like who's who's on the field? Who's in the nickel? Who's going out with McCaffrey if they get him out there in space? Like I think he wants to take a look at all this, almost like a boxing match where the first two rounds are just kind of feeling each other out. Now, if you can do what San Francisco did in the championship game and take the ball down the field, kick a field goal, get points, like, okay. Or the second drive when they went down the field, 
and scored a touchdown in that game against Detroit, Jason. Christian McCaffrey touched, touched the ball in 10 of the first 20 plays. Like, it was heavily scripted mm-hmm. to McCaffrey. And I think we're going to see the same thing. Because you really – you can throw it, you can hand it off, you do a, you can put him uh, in motion. There's so many different things you can do with him. I feel like he's going to be a key early on in this game. And then in talking to Spags last week, I said, how do you decide, um, you know, what blitzes you call when you blitz zero and you bring the house? And he goes – Honestly, Baldy, I don't have anything premeditated. It's just it, it, I'm just always looking for an opportunity, which which tells us they're going to get pressure, to, yeah. and how they get it there and when they do it. Because I saw them blitz zero on first and ten, Jason, in their own area, uh, you know, against the Raven. So they're always looking for these opportunities in the framework of the game, and they, really the key is and, and it's a credit to his to players. They have not broken down in the back end. And no. that's what happens yeah. to a lot of teams. When they, when they bring a lot, like the communication is very clean. And I think what you set up and what I just described, to me, is what I'm most looking forward to from – you know, the, the ball's in the play caller's hands. And so how are they going to go back and forth in this? Um, was talking to someone in the Ravens organization literally just before we started taping this podcast. And this person said that uh, there were some tells that they picked up on with San Francisco. And I remember the Ravens played San Francisco really well. Yeah. Um, in terms of responsibilities for Kittle and McCaffrey and who was going to run a route and who was going to be more involved in pass protection. And this person said, look, I'm not going to tell you what they are but just do the math where did harbs come from where did spags come from you know joe cullen right how much time did he spend in baltimore's room you don't think that joe cullen's been talking downloading everybody in the ravens organization right because everybody saw on national television what they did to purdy what they did to the defense now not everybody has a kyle hamilton but how much can that stuff matter Right. And, and, and do those connections when you see people who do some things the way you do and you have personal relationships with have success against a team in a way that not many people have. Everything's on the table. Like if you look back, Jason, at last last year's Super Bowl, Kansas City's down 10 at halftime and they score in four straight possessions and two of the touchdowns by Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore were off the same motion. And they gleaned that motion from what Jacksonville did against the Eagles for a touchdown and how they handled that motion. They watched that game in Jacksonville, which was week four in Philadelphia in a rainstorm. And just from that one play, that one play, Jason, they they scored basically two touchdowns. The Eagles didn't handle it well in either case. And I know one that was like sort of a uh, formation breakdown by Kansas City, but Mahomes kind of fixed it, you know, on the fly. And they got two touchdowns to young players off the same motion. So you just – you really don't know. And this is the, the question I asked at Spags because I think it's a valid question, Jason. All year long, they live in a seven-day life cycle. And every week, they, they game plan. They're in their, they're in their uh, lab, and they're drawing up uh, concepts and plays and whatnot. And what's going to work, what isn't. I said, well, is it better if you get two weeks, or is that, is that a blessing or a curse? And he said, it, it can be both. It can be both. You, you can always find something, but you don't want to overload the players. And you want to keep installing it where 
it's just too voluminous. But I kind of feel like even like just knowing Andy and how the hay is never really in the barn. There's always yeah. something. When you have a quarterback like Mahomes who's been through a bunch of these and he's been out there for seven seasons, you can always go back uh, in time to find out something that worked between him and Kelsey against a certain look. And so, you know, it, you've got to play it out. The, the big thing for both teams, honestly, is can you stay on the field? Can you get into your game plan? Can you get McCaffrey as touches? Can you get into any kind of a rhythm for the quarterback? And to do that, you've got to be able to sustain offense. That's what Kansas City did to Baltimore those first two drives. They were able to sustain offense. They went for it on the fourth and two. They hit Kelsey, uh, you know, on a sprint right option uh, for a big play to stay on the field. Otherwise, they come away with nothing on that situation. You know, it took a while for Baltimore to sort of, okay, we're not going to let Kelsey just walk off the line of scrimmage like this, you know, and the ball's never going to hit the ground. So those are some of the concepts that I, I, I kind of feel like we can, uh, you know, put on this Sunday. Um, one more on the Kansas City defensive side of the ball before we switch to offense. Um, for whatever reason, the Ravens never got heavy on Kansas City and never forced Spags out of his base defense. Um, we know that San Francisco uh, runs from under center about as much as any team in this league. The fullback is on the field about as much as any team in this league. They average four or six a carry running under center. Kansas City has struggled with that. They've seen a fair amount of it because they don't stop it very well. 27th in yards per carry allowed, 22nd in defensive EPA against runs from under center. Uh, fair to say that Spags will have to, that Kyle is going to force Spags to adjust? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, they went big linebacker uh, against Baltimore on the first play of the game, the first play of the third quarter, and and they stuffed the run in both cases. And they just attacked the line of scrimmage, and for whatever reason, it's still kind of a head scratch to all of us. Crazy. But it discouraged Baltimore from staying with it, you know, and so staying with the run and not dialing up any Lamar runs. Now, I don't, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan um, understands that if and knows that if McCaffrey gets stuffed for a yard, it's, they're not going to be discouraged. I mean, they're not going to get away from that at all. I mean, they're a two-back offense, Jason. The yeah. first guy that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch signed when they came on board was was Juice. Uh, you know, they had been in Baltimore, you know, for four years, and that was they made him the highest-paid fullback in the game. And they knew exactly what kind of offense they wanted. They wanted a guy as versatile as Kyle has been. And Lord knows the guy is as versatile a player. I mean, you know, Ricard is the similar type role, but he can't yeah. run routes the way no. Juice can. But similar type roles, similar. Um, offensively, with Kansas City, it's almost the um, antithesis of San Francisco, right? San Francisco is all these shape-shifting pieces like a fullback who could be an H back, who could be a fullback, who could who could be your who could be your halfback, who could be your slot receiver. Kansas City, right? The ball goes to Rice, the ball goes to Kelsey, the ball goes to Pacheco. Um, is that is that how is Andy Reid live and die with that? Does Andy Reid try to out Shanny Shanny and really show stick withness in the run game and multiplicity in the run game? Is this a day where MVS or well, there's not a whole lot of Justin Watson, Edwards, no, Lair, the, the, or the, Watson, the, right? Like one of those yeah, guys Watson, all of a sudden you know, is a big, big part of the game plan. 
it's not really a whole. I mean, they don't have it's the pieces there, that San Francisco right? has. No, but you know, I mean, they put the ball in Mahomes' hands and let him create. You know, when things aren't there, and they get as many big plays after the you know original X's and O's that were called as any team in this whole league. Maybe Lamar at times, but you know, I mean, that's it's not it's not street ball. But certainly, the connection he has with Kelsey looks like it sometimes, and it, it didn't necessarily look like that against Baltimore. I mean, those were all designed plays. He threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so that Baltimore, you know, and they, so what I would do is if, if Kansas city comes out and they play a similar type game plan that they did against Baltimore, um, the blockers for Kelsey on a lot of those plays that we saw behind the line, you got to defeat those blocks. Like, you know, that's Legereus Sneed, that's Trent McDuffie, that's Watson, you know, that's Justin Reed. I mean, those guys got to defeat those blocks and not let Kelsey take, you know, a one yard route and turn it into seven. And so I would say that Steve Wilkes has worked a great deal on some of those college type plays that Kansas city still runs now. And then the other part is if you just jam Kelsey at the line of scrimmage, like how much of an off, how much of that offense gets really, because I was talking to Rod Woodson about it just yesterday, Jason, how much um, of their offense gets disrupted right away where the first look is Kelsey and, oh, by the way, here's LeJarrius Sneed or Reed or whatever, you know, just jamming him at the line. Now, he's he's exceptionally good at sliding off any kind of a jam, seeing it, his length and how smooth he is. Like, you don't get that guy very often, but you got to at least give it a shot and run at him the way I the Ravens never did. Any doubt in your mind that Andy Reed sees a winning game script um, that includes – Anything less than twenty carries for for Pacheco? I mean, it 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 it's it, right. I mean, that's kind of like when they're at their best, right? That's what's going on. Well, you know, I I know for you know a couple of times on this on this very podcast, Jason, I've said that if the Chiefs wanted to become a power running football team, they have what it takes to do it. They can get Pacheco uh, into the alleys and up, you know, in the middle, free, and then it's up to your secondary, can you tackle him in space? And generally, um, he's either making people miss or he's running through tackles. And he is, he's exceptional. Uh, I, I believe even with Nick Allegretti at, at left guard, um, you know, the Ravens did a good job in the second half of shutting him down. But they they can feature him for sure. And we all know, we saw what San Francisco uh, has done against the run, against Green Bay, um, you know, against Detroit. It has not been pretty. And, you know, people ask me all week long here, Jason, like, well, what is what is Wilkes going to do? I'm like, well, it would help if you actually stacked and shed the offensive lineman, if you took on double teams properly, if you play with a low pad level, if you refuse to be blocked. I mean, all those things are fundamental to the game of football, mm-hmm. and they have not been good. And what happens is if it's Armstead and Hargrave or Kinlaw, whoever inside um, for San Francisco right now, it looked to me, without talking to Fred Warner, Looked to me like he started guessing where the ball mm-hmm. was going. Cause like it, it, it wasn't, I mean, if, if Fred Warner's protected, he's going to make every tackle, but it looked to me like he was guessing a little bit. And that's how Montgomery and even Gibbs got a couple of splits on. Him. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see. Um, yeah. How much Andy sticks to the run, I think quite a bit and sort of how they do it. They have reinvented themselves as a heavy team here in the playoffs. Uh, Two tight ends and even, you know, 20% of the time 
three tight ends on the field, which is Noah Gray's been really good, play. Jason. Been a really yeah. good second. I tight like end. him to catch over one and a half. Uh, a I like to catch two balls in this game again. Hope you've been riding that one with me. All right. Uh, he's on the field quite a All bit, right. running some wide receiver routes because he's always on the field, and they don't have that many wide receivers. Well, I mean, Jason, me and you right here on – we're taping this here on Thursday morning. Me and you, I could draw up a play right now for a tight end delay where it looks like, in, you know, and all the attention is going to Kelsey and you yeah, just run just the a little, little play. Pop pass, right? Little, yeah. Pop pass. I mean, you know, you want to go to sleep and, and worry about Kelsey. Um, you know, Andy's yeah. smart enough to foul that one up. Yeah, I'm with you there, Baldy. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. We will come back and talk about San Francisco's keys matching up against the Chiefs. All right, Baldy. We talked a little bit from the other perspective about all the options that Kyle Shanahan has and his array of weapons. But I I tend to think more than anything else – this isn't going to be a referendum on Brock Purdy as much as I think it's going to be a referendum on Kyle Shanahan and managing this game and managing this game through the run game through all four quarters. We're well aware of his history in Super Bowls as a coordinator and otherwise in big games and right the fourth quarter stats against him, which I think some would say, well, there have been some of these games where he's road gritty people and he decides to go a different way. Uh I think Christian McCaffrey and and, and Debo um, in the run game will 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 tell the tale for these guys, and that Kyle Shanahan will look at that Chiefs defense and say, "Do I want to attack, you know, five, six, seven guys up front, or do I want to attack the the six or seven who might be back?" I think he'd rather attack with some front. Well. You know Kyle's going to have his explosive plays up. You know the big chunk plays off play action. Like there's, you know, I mean whether it's first down, generally that's when you run those plays, and he can run them from anywhere on the field. I'm I'm curious when Kyle and his staff looks at this Kansas City defense, what they think the weakness is, and how you attack that weakness because this is a very talented young secondary that. Won a Super Bowl with four rookies starting last year, you know, and here they are again. Um, you know, I I think sometimes, like, if you go back to the NFC Championship game last year when, when Brock Purdy got hurt, Jason, that's a play-action pass. It was a shot play. You know, and they got a backup tight end on the Eagles' best pass rusher, Hassan Reddick. And they just – I mean, it just wasn't really well thought out, you know, which direction they went. There's Reddick, and Reddick is always in that spot. It's not like he moves around. Right. He's at the left-end spot. And he got on the backup, you know, tight end, and there's Purdy holding the ball, waiting for it to pop open. Next thing you know, the game is over. You know, you can't you can't legislate against that every time you call a play. Sometimes you have to call a play and, and think that the guy can hold up. But it, in hindsight, it was a really bad – it was a ra- bad decision, bad play. Th- those can happen. I feel like Brock Purdy this year, though, is doing a really good job of just maneuvering the pocket and moving – away from, you know, quick pressure. And so I think a lot is on Purdy here, Jason. They're going to take their shots, and they love to attack the middle of the field. Spags knows they like to attack the middle of the field. Like how are they going to stop those deep cuts, those in cuts that San Francisco loves? We, I mean, we all have images right now of Debo just sprinting across the middle of the field 15, 20 yards deep, and he's catching this ball in the dead run. And 
when he catches anything, whether it's a fly sweep, a dig on the dead run, generally he doesn't get tackled, you know, very often. Um, and so they, and, and, and the same thing with Kittle, both those guys have that mentality that we're not going to get tackled. And so that's imperative is if they catch that ball, you got to get them down to the ground. Talk to somebody else who's familiar, who's smallest defenses face both these teams. Um, and, and he thought that all things being equal, ultimately at this stage of his career, that Spags might be okay. Like you, 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 you can't win every matchup with these guys, right? Like you, no one has the personnel to take all the San Francisco potential top flight, flight offensive cogs out of the out of play. But they thought that ultimately the ball might end up finding Kittle a little bit, and it would be about what you're talking about at this stage of his career. You know, is he as explosive as he was? Can you get him down quickly? You don't want him rumbling after the catch. But that living with some of that stuff over the middle, like that might be where the ball goes because of the way they're defending everything else. And that might be a matchup that the young quarterback ends up leaning into because they have a corner, right? And they think they might be able to do the job on Ayuk outside. And, you know, do they have linebackers who might be able to at least contain McCaffrey somewhat? You know, but like Kittle might be the guy who you can live with him getting his as long as there's not a whole bunch of yak here. Well, I mean, honestly, Jason, ever since Brock Purdy took over against the Miami Dolphins last year, um, Kittle's has just emerged. Like, it, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes it's just a comfort zone with the quarterback. He sees you different. He sees the secondary receiver, the way he finds Kittle. Um, he's been – you know, I mean, whether it's touchdowns or explosive plays or targets, I mean, it's all gone up. There was times, and this was not a knock on Trey or Jimmy whenever they were in there, but it seemed like he seemed invisible at times, you know, and seven of his 11 touchdowns last year were from Brock Purdy in a short period of time. So, I mean, I can see what you're saying. Um, I'm curious. Brandon Ayuk is the best receiver. He's a, he's a great player, man. He's a great route runner. But the Chiefs feel like, Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, like they feel like they've got the best handle yeah. of corners in football, and they might. They do a lot with McDuffie. They put him inside. They blitz him. They play him outside. I'm curious if they would travel Legereus. It's not something Spags really does. Travel with Brandon Ayuk and just say, okay, this he like I know Legereus would love to do it. He loves he'd love that challenge. Uh, he's going to get paid a big free agent you know, uh, check this, this off season. Um, this would be a good stage to go show his abilities against this offense and against IU. I, I, I'm kind of looking to see if that happens early in this game. Um, but look, we saw what they did against Baltimore. They had no fear holding up against those receivers one-on-one on those outside shots that Lamar took and said, okay, if you could beat Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson, more power to you. And they, they couldn't do it. Defensively, um, for Steve Wilkes, I'm, I'm, I. You alluded to uh, some of their issues in the run game, and it, it, it not all being uh, schematic, right? Some of it all is on these individuals, and sort of it's imperative on them to maybe want to play the run the same with the same vigor they want to sack the quarterback. Uh, 
how much of that can be shored up in a, in a couple of weeks? And um, who are some individuals defensively that you think uh, are going to have to really stand out for the 49ers here if they're going to beat they're going to become the fourth team to beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Well, just like the one Super Bowl game that the Chiefs lost, uh, you know, Tampa just beat them up in a pass rush game. Now they had backup offensive tackles playing and people thought it might be a long day and it was. And, you know, Shaq Barrett and the, and the gang got busy on him. I mean, this thing is, this 49ers defense is led by, is led by Bosa. Yeah. It's led by Fred Warner. I mean, they're great players. I mean, on any level, on any team, they're great players. They they play the game the right way. They max effort, the whole thing. Fred never comes off the field. Dre Greenlaw, I remember talking to Fred this year, week one in Pittsburgh, Jason, and I was like, how many years together now, Fred, have you and Dre been lining up next to each other? And and I it kind of caught me off guard because I didn't realize it was this long. But this is their sixth year together, Jason. Wow. Yeah. Six year. I mean, there's no other tandem of linebackers even close. This yeah. is six years together where, I mean, they know exactly what each other is doing and they share responsibilities. And so, the, you know, they they get their hands on a lot of balls. They tip a lot of footballs, Jason, in the middle of the field. They're excellent in pass coverage. But to me, the guy – like, I know Bosa is it, – it's tough on Juwan Taylor all game long. Like, Juwan's had some success again. They played three years ago, regular season game, and, and Dick, Nick got him a couple of times. But the guy that seems – you know, if we go back to free agency last year, I mean, the free agency wasn't five minutes old, and Javon Hargrave was already sold. Like He was already yes, on the market, off the market, big check. All right, this is exactly what we need in this defense. And outside of maybe a couple of games, we yeah. have not seen much of an effect of Javon Hargrave. In fact, yeah. Hargrave wears 98, Kinlaw wears 99. There should be a huge difference in their play, Right. Yeah. And sometimes I can't tell if it's 98 or 99 on the field till I really look closely. And that's not good because Javon Hargrave has struggles against double teams, getting off blocks. He has not been a big pass rush. You know, I mean, he was first-round pick, but he's not been a big factor in the pass game. To me, Javon Hargrave, he's going up against, you know, uh, Allegretti. He's their backup. Like, I'm, if I'm looking for a guy to go make a splash, and because nothing can really move Mahomes quicker, than inside pressure. Yeah. So I think between Hargrave against Allegretti and Bosa on some of these inside stunts that they like to get pressure up the middle, I mean, if you want to try to affect Mahomes, that'd be a pretty good way to do it, much like, you know, Tampa did four years ago. Uh, on the back end, how do they defend Kelsey other than bracket him, right? Like, do they have a – do they have a – like – do they have a safety that you like the matchup on? You know, like Kelsey, oh, versus Kelsey should have been the greatest matchup any defender could have against Kelsey. The guy still caught 11 11 for 116 and a 19-yard touchdown pass to the pylon on Kyle Hamilton, who played him perfectly and smothered him, but perfectly. it's Mahomes to Kelsey in the playoffs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still an amazing throw. I mean, I've seen that thing from so many different angles. We all have. And there's just no other place to put the ball than where he put the ball, which, you know, and, but also, you know, one of the things that does make Kelsey um, so difficult to stop is just his length, just his pure size. I mean, and then how smooth of a runner he is and his feel for where, when things do break down. And because they, 
every every network that I've seen when they interview Kelsey and Mahomes after, including Super Bowl games, they'll say, "How do you do it? Like, what's the key?" Like, they don't they can't really describe it, yeah. and it's not a magical thing. It's just they just have a feel on the field where each other is at, and the eyes go to Kelsey, and he kind of knows where the soft spot is, or he knows without even looking, you know, like a GPS thing in his helmet where Warner's going to be, where Greenlaw is going to be, where Gibson's dropping down from the sky. And then Mahomes just has his ability to throw it away from the defender. And the length of Kelsey, uh, his ability just to adjust to a ball. Um, you know, you know, like <laughs> there was a play in that Baltimore game where, you know, Mahomes is scrambling and running and, you know, he, he flips it late over the middle. And, you know, Mahomes is saying, well, you know, Kelsey ran the wrong route again. So I've, we just try to fix it on the fly. And I don't know if there's a defense for that, except that the thing I love about watching Fred Warner, Dre, Dre Greenlaw play is how fast they play, Jason. Mm -hmm. They might not be, the, they may not have the speed of Roquan and Patrick Queen, but together they play the game so fast and they fix whatever they're trying to fix. They're good fixers themselves. Um. We don't talk about this aspect of play very much, certainly not from an X's and O's standpoint. But one other area, I like the Chiefs in this game. I've liked the Chiefs in this game since the line came out. One other area that stands out for me, Baldy, is special teams. Um, mm -hmm. They've got Dave Tobe, who for me is the best special teams coach in the NFL. Should have been, an, yeah. should have been a head coach by now. And they've got a far superior kicker who also has had success kicking in that Harrison building, right? Butker. And he knows that building inside out. And you know those guys are, like, creatures of habit. And, like, I feel like special teams is another area where it's often factors into these games. And I feel like Kansas City has a distinct advantage. I talked to Dave Tobe down the field before the AFC Championship game in Baltimore. And, you know, we were just – you know. Dave, when I talked to him, Dave was doing what all special teams coaches do. They're, he's looking at the field, examining the surface. You know, is this uh, is this new sod? Is this like is there a seam here? Like yeah. he's doing all the things, smelling it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pretty much. And so I said, "What's what, what can can Butker kick one from 70? And he said, he, "He's done it in practice." Now, you know, nobody's going to kick a field goal from 70 yards in this game, but. You know, it just it, it, what it told me was just the level of confidence they have. I, I've seen Butker win a game against the Chargers, kicking two 59-yard field goals, one in overtime. Yeah. Like, he, he is – he's money. Now, on the other side, San Francisco, dealing with the rookie. Uh, he's, he's, had, he's had some misses this year. I don't know, you know, if you're, if you're going to trust him in a big spot um, to go nail one. It, it, I don't care if it's 40 yards. Like, do you trust him? And I'm not sure what that level is right now. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on this game, Baldy? How, how, what, what, what is, what is in your final analysis, the prediction? Uh, you know, like, I don't want to just make this thing so simple, you know, in this analysis, but how in the world, after what we've watched over the last seven years, do you go against Patrick Mahomes? I don't. Steve Spagnolo for most, most of it and Andy Reid. Like, how do you go against it right now? You know, that the, you know, the game plan is going to be solid. They're generally don't beat themselves. Yeah. Um, Spags is going to make you play left-handed at times. Um, and so, and then, you know, look, there is this feeling that Kyle in a big spot might not look like Kyle in week eight. 
you know, it, it might he might get a little tight. Like how aggressive and and you know he's got this young quarterback and all this. I I, I feel at this stage. And look, Kyle could break through. I mean, it took Bill Cowher 15 years to break through. I mean, about he's here. He's here for a reason. He was on the doorstep last year for a reason. He's, they're very, very good. And look, you look at um, the way that they structure um, their star players' contracts. I mean, nobody, Trent Williams, you know, Debo, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. I mean, you go through the lineup, nobody has – is, and, and if you're down the field for a 49er game, you're like, this looks like um, it looks Pro like Hollywood. Team. Yeah, it, it's there's stars everywhere. Juice is a star. Um, you know, Kittle is a star. Like they're all at the top of the food chain in their respective positions, pay structure. I don't know how they do it all, but they do it. Um, but that's how this team is built. They're built upon their stars, and when their stars show up and shine, they generally win, regardless what the game is. So what's your prediction? My prediction is that Kansas City, <laughs> I probably, I think the line on this game is still two, Jason, I don't think it's two, two and a half, yep. Uh, two, two and a half. And so, I mean, I got the Chiefs by a field goal, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's what it looks like. And it might be Harrison Butker at the end to win it, you know, 27-24. That's, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm thinking 27, 23, 26, 23, 27, 24. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the exact same ballpark. You are. Um, well, you know, you know, we, 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 we get entertained every week by Nick Costas coming on and look, he, Nick is, is very, very sharp and he does this for a living. And I saw him yesterday and yeah. you know, he always talks about these games and the line on these games being a sweet spot. What's this three is a natural sweet spot. And it's a, it's almost like, are they, like, I still can't believe that San Francisco is a two-point favorite. Like, it's still yeah. hard for me to kind of gauge how this thing it, it, it lined up like this and hasn't changed. So, anyways, that that's where I see this thing right now. I might be eating my words on you know Sunday night. Yeah. Um, and look, if if it happens, uh, nothing in this game outside of a blowout yes. is going to surprise me. I just don't see that happening. I think these two teams are too well uh, matched up and too well coached. I'm absolutely with you. Um, there's a lot of star power in this game, and uh, there's some there's some significant legacies that could be bolstered, um, or in the case of, you know, Kyle Shanahan taking over the top. So we'll be watching and dissecting all four quarters. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday. Uh, me, Baldy, and Carl Dukes put them up to chop it all up and we will continue to talk ball with you guys every week here on the in the auto podcast uh, probably once a week um, as we move out of our regular season and playoff format but uh the combines around the corner free agencies around the corner the draft is around the corner and we're always here talking ball and in the hunt Twenty four hundred sports is an odyssey company 